0: You're listening to the Daily Missioner Podcast with Benedict. Okay, good afternoon. We're closing in to the end of the Tractate of Turmont, And this is probably the right time to step back and have another look at the map of the Tractate to see where we began and where we're heading. And you remember that the first question we asked was who can give truma and what kinds of food can be given we learned about like for like about intention about giving the best and then we spent a number of chapters talking about what happens if you make a mistakes. truma getting mixed up with whole tame getting mixed up with tahor partners agents eating by accident Adding on a fifth to make amends. Uncertainty about people's status. Is the slave still a slave? Is the cohen still a cohen? We touched on issues of life and death. We dealt with planting truma and with cooking and pickling mixtures of truma with ordinary food. Having gone through all of these kinds of boundary cases related to how we choose Tremor or how we use Tremor, we're now getting into boundary cases that seem to be related to closing down. What do we do when we have left over trauma or stuff that might not be trimmer or stuff that might not be needed? The kind of boundary cases that you encounter when you're shutting everything down. And that is going to be the, the picture more or less for the rest of chapter 11 and chapter 11 will close the tractate of Terumot and will lead us to the next tractate which is Masroth. Let's have a look at the text and we were, into the, we were talking last week about some olives and grapes and the special features of olives and grapes. And now as we go into dealing with left, what is left over or superfluous, the Mishnah starts um, in uh, Mishnah number four with the stems of figs and dried figs and carobs. Is the stem part of the fruit or is it not part of the fruit? If the stem is part of the fruit, it's really truma. And if it's not part of the fruit, maybe it isn't. And the Mishnah declares, without giving, giving any reason, Uptzait enim ugroga ot These are all different kinds of fruits that you might eat. The Rambam says klisim is a special kind of fig and um, carobs. We you know we know carobs are, are edible, although they're mainly fed to animals. All of these things, shell truma, If you if you designate them as truma, Asurim Lazarim. They're forbidden to non-priests. And honestly, we find it difficult to figure out why that is the case because these are not food. And we know that truma has truma is something that you can be you can eat, or you can drink, or you can anoint yourself with. We learned that in the early chapters. Stuff you can burn is not relevant. So why are the stems important? Well, We're not sure why and the Rambam doesn't give a reason, but the Jerusalem Talmud gives a reason, which I I thought was sufficiently interesting to put onto the source sheet. The Jerusalem Talmud brings Rabbi Zair in the name of Rabbi Elazar, saying, (laughs) Our mission refers to when they stick in the food. In other words, the stems of these things are stuck into the edible part of the fig or the carob. You can't separate the stem from the the, the stem of the fig. I mean, you, we've seen this ourselves, right? When we eat a fig that you can pick it up by the stem and you can nibble it, but the boundary point between this, what is edible and what is not edible is not clear. You eat it off the stem. The Mishnah seems to be referring to when they stick in the food. In other words, the stem seems to be it's sufficiently connected to the food to make it part of um, part of the truma. And that is very different from the other kinds of foods, which the Mishnah will now come along to deal with. So the Mishnah goes on to say, seeds of truma, garine truma, so maybe you're eating a grape. You might not want to eat the grape seeds or the same goes with any other kind of fruit. You can't eat the seeds. If he's gathering them in, this, by the way, refers to the priest. So the priest is still keeping this stuff. While he's keeping this stuff, they're forbidden. By that, the Mishnah means, when the Mishnah says Asur, he means they're still truma. In other words, they're only permitted to priests. At the time that the priest is gathering them in, they're forbidden. If the priest starts throwing them away, then they're permitted. So in other words, the Mishnah is teaching that the status of the seeds depends on what the priest is doing with the trummer at the time. It's not fixed by the physical characteristics of the food. It's fixed by the use that the priest is putting the food to at the time and when he's fed up with the seeds when he starts throwing them away then they're permitted and the same things apply to leftover sacrifices if it's a um, shalem sacrifice the priest is going to eat it and the mishnah goes on the same things for the bones of holy things we're talking about about sacrificial meat here Some, if he's using them Asarin, they're forbidden. If he throws them away, they're permitted. And now we're going to talk about different kinds of um, uh, different kinds of flour and bran. And we're saying how mursan matur. Mursan is a very kind of coarse bran. I mean, in those days, they didn't understand that whole wheat flour was good for you. So they used to mill the flour. And of course, the quality of the milling was probably much less precise than it is today. So they would grind the flour and they chuck out the coarse bran. And the Mishnah seems to know that every priest would chuck out the coarse bran. It's not food. Fine bran is called subin. The Mishnah explains, subin shel chadashot asrot. Fine bran of new wheat is forbidden. Vesheh Yishanot Mutarot seems as though new wheat is soft. The Bartonura, actually I brought the Bartonura later in the sauce sheet, new wheat is soft. And when you grind it or when you mill it, there's a lot of flour that gets mixed up with the bran. So you, you can't, you can't just throw out the new bran. It's got flour mixed up into it. Vesheh Yishanot Mutarot Bran of old wheat is permitted because the bran of old, once the wheat gets a little bit older, and one of the commentators says thirty days is old enough for it to be old, the moisture dries out of it, it grinds very nicely. You can separate the bran from the flour. And in general, the Mishnah "No trumot shehu no You can treat trumer as one treats chulin in the sense that the stuff. That if you throw stuff out in, when food is whole, you can throw it out when it's trauma. You don't have to treat the leftovers of trauma as if they're holy. That is if they're throwaway. But if they're reserved, if they're high quality, you do have to treat them in a special way. And the Mishnah is going to observe someone who sifts a kev or two from a seer of wheat. A kav is a sixth of a seer. So you've got a seer of wheat. You've taken a sixth of it and you've sifted it. What are you going to do with the rest of the wheat? Or is the rest of the wheat throwawayable? Just like the bran is throwawayable. And the Mishnah straight away says you don't throw out the rest. You don't throw out the rest. Ha, musna, You put it in a hidden place. In other words, you put it in a place where, well, I was going to say where no danger can occur to it. You put it in a place where your trummer is not going to be in danger of becoming unclean or becoming eaten up by people who are not priests. And then finally, the now we're really getting to closing off things. The Mishnah is going to say, look, let's have a store. Let's think about a storage bin which was cleared of truma wheat. Are we going to what are we going to do about truma wheat, which might have been stored there, might have been left over when we cleared it? And the Mishnah says We're not going to oblige to some, someone storing, clearing out the bin to scrape up into each individual grain. He can just sweep it all up in his usual manner and then he can store chulin in it. So we're going to be lenient in terms of how we're going to close off our store cupboard when we've essentially transported the trimmer to the priest or finished using the trimmer and we're ready to store in, in, in it again. And these questions as to what we do when we're clearing out storage bins will then continue in the Mishnayot we're going to be looking at tomorrow, which will look at clearing out vessels that have had oil in them or wine in them. You know, what do we do when there's a little bit of liquid left in the bottom of the vessel? We'll come to that tomorrow. And those are really interesting questions, which will lead us inexorably to the end of the Masechet.